Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Thank God for the privilege to be in God's house tonight. Amen. Uh, Brother Tommy uh, sent a word yesterday, and you know I wasn't really looking to uh, to preach tonight, and he said. Uh, you got to, you know, pray for a message, and I, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, and a little while went by, and I thought, God, I hadn't prayed, and, and so I set into praying, and I said, God, I just want you to, to, to prepare him, just bless him, fill him up, amen, and, and, uh, and just a minute, the Lord talked to me, and he said, uh, what would it look like for me to love you, or for you to love me, what, what, what does that look like? What's it look like to be loved by another individual, by, by uh, what we know, by a standard that we all get? And the problem with that, as I started, you know, I looked in the scripture. I got some good scripture for us tonight, amen, or, or the Lord put it on my heart. But, you know, the world has a, has a concept of love. That's totally different and irrelevant from God's love. Because God's love is unconditional. The love that most men have one for another is mostly based on what you can do for me. And, and oftentimes love is, is traded or exchanged. And it doesn't even become love anymore. I met a feller once who... Who said, as you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. And I thought to myself, conviction, that's not love. That's a condition. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I understand there's rewards and punishments for acting right and doing wrong. But I'm thankful tonight that God loved me in a way that that was unconditional, not according to my works, but based upon his love that he had for me. And so I want us to consider tonight what it would look like if we loved one another. In the, Old, in the New Testament, we find that in the book of Acts that they had one mind and one accord and that they, they had all things in common. And I look at my life and I look about how jealous I am over the things that I have and possess. And, and you might not think much of the, about those things, but I want you to know I started with nothing. And, and I'm going to tell you something else. The Bible says you can do nothing without God. Hey, I'm going to make a joke. You listen to me, though, but listen to this. That word nothing, it means nothing. Did you catch that? It means nothing. And I don't care if you're walking with God or you're not walking with God. Whatever you got going on, you got it because of God. And the difference between what... You ought to be as a believer in Christ Jesus is that you turn and you acknowledge like the ten leopards that came and got healed by God. There was one that turned around, came back, worshipped Jesus with thanksgiving and praise and glory and started lifting Him up. And He said, were there not ten of you? Where's the other nine? And he He had the same answer that you would have. I don't know. 
Amen. We don't know. We wonder about them that say they love God and and they they want what God wants in their life, but they're not back giving praise and glory unto the ones that heal them and call them out of darkness. We don't know. But what I do know is I need Him. What I do know is that His love has affected me in such a way that I've never been the same. I I pray that you and I and anyone that's ever been touched by the Holy Spirit that has a place inside of them that's bigger than this world, that's bigger than the disappointments, that's bigger than the successes. Listen to me. Bigger than the successes. Amen. Because nothing ought to be bigger than God inside of you. Because everything you've got, it can come and it can go. It can be there for a while. But I'll tell you what, one thing. The only thing that's going to last is God's love. First scripture the Lord gave me was as I was praying and, and looking to Him was in 1 Corinthians 13. And you know, we we look at this at this scripture as a as a scripture of love, but I, I believe we need to look at God's word. Amen. I believe that God's word getting inside of us. Amen. All of us planted together tonight in God's house. That God's Word ought to take root. It ought to do something to us. It ought to affect us. It ought to create something in us that reminds us of how good God is. Yeah, it's there. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity... I'm become a sounding brass, and I don't have to tell you that that word charity is side and side with the word love. That word love is charity, and charity is love. He said, "If I do this, if I speak, if I if I speak elegantly, if I speak gracefully, if I speak like I have great wisdom, if I speak like somebody, some great orator, and I don't have love." You see, you see, the difference is love has an action word. That's right. Love has power. Amen. You see, that, that tingling brass, it don't accomplish nothing. Amen. You see, it's not until that hearer is affected by that word that, that something changes. And what we're needing is a change. If, if you want to see the little tender-hearted lady come in here and the power of God be so strong Amen. on her, it, we're going to have to change, y'all. God help us. And, and I'm not making this dependent on you, but I am making you dependent on Him. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you that we've got self-confidence in the, in the way of being dependent upon God where we're desperate for His presence. Amen. We're desperate for His power. Amen. We're desperate for his, for his existence to come in here and rule and reign in our lives to such a point that our love is unconditional one towards one another. He said, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and, and knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. I'm going to remind you that word nothing means nothing. Empty, nothing, nothing to draw from, nothing to give to, nothing to do. No, it means nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffers long and it's kind. Charity envieth not. 
Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Why the truth? I like how he rolled right into that truth because the Bible says, and, and, and I meant to say this in my opening statement, that you know what the problem is, why why humans can't love the way they're supposed to love because until you've been loved by God, you don't know what unconditional love is. JT put the hammer on the nail head when he talked about when God found him and he was there with nothing and God spoke to him and he said, God, I'm just a broken old vessel. Why are you messing with me? And I guarantee you, if he could have heard the voice from heaven, God would have said, because I love you, son. And he heard that in his spirit and in his soul he cried out unto God and the end result thereof was that he was born again. He was saved. He was lifted up out of the miry clay and he was changed and to the new creature after Christ himself. Because the truth came to him. And the truth is, you can't love until you've been loved. And I question the church most days. They say they love God, but they put a condition on this. They put a pattern on this. They put a 10 step on that. They want this hoop to be jumped through. They want this road course to be followed before they can say, well, you're you're a part of the church now. And, and I'm here to tell you that there's something wrong if people can't come in here. We've heard preachers come in here outside of this congregation saying, uh, what was it, Mrs. Uh, she sings with this blonde-haired lady. She said, this truly is a house of mercy or grace. And if you want to continue for men and women to walk in here, we're going to have to change. We're going to have to be changed. We're going to have to change our I heard this today. I didn't want to say this, but I'm going to have to. The things that are hindering you are the things that still sting. In other words, when somebody gets in your way, it was unexpected. It wasn't planned. And all of a sudden, you're fighting for your right. All of a sudden, you think this is mine. And it starts stinging. It starts hurting. It starts demanding that you fight for it. And it's not even Godly. It's carnal. And this is the statement I want you to get a hold of. Dead things don't sting. And we have become so alive to what's mine. We have become so sensitive to what means what matters to me. What is my way instead of God's way. And the world can't get past you. Those that are in your life must see a love that's unconditional. A love that doesn't vomit itself. It's not puffed up. Doesn't get stung. Doesn't show such a reaction. How do we get that way? Tommy Tommy replied he went right to the punchline. We're going to get there. 
truth. Could you be hindering the will of God? Are you showing unfavored grace to people? Are you showing favored grace to people? Either one is wrong. When we look in the scripture, like he said, who am I to speak against God's will? God never told me to judge him worthy or unworthy. What did he tell me to do? He told me to just to sow the seed that Jesus loves you, that God died for you. He didn't tell me to analyze them. Tell them to fill out a 12-point questionnaire. Yeah. Find out what they're, where they came from. See, I, I've been guilty of all these things. I preach this. Yeah. See if they measure up. See if they think like I think. We was talking the other night. We run by the jail just in case they'd let us in. You ever heard of anybody trying to get in jail? We was trying to get in jail. Amen. Wanting in there. They wouldn't let us in. We didn't know you. We, you're not ready yet. Why? There's a need. Yeah. See, I'm not going to tell you there's good people in there that need saving, but I'm going to tell you there's lost people in there needing saving. Right. And it's hard to reach the world today because you can't even get people out of their house. Good Good church people won't even get out of the house. But they'll go to they'll go to the job, they'll go to the grocery store, they'll go all they'll go on vacation. They'll go to and spend all this time here, there, and everywhere while all along the house of the Lord's being neglected. Hey, you know what? I don't even care if they send their tithe money in. I just assume they keep it because with a lifestyle like that, I ain't so sure I'd want it. And I'm not sure God would either. I don't think they can pray enough. I don't think they can, they can reach out enough. Unless they were hindered by the Holy Ghost itself. You see, that, that's a sting. That my life is more important than God's. That's a sting. You see, nowhere in the New Testament did it say one day, Alfred, there's going to be a plague coming. And I'm going to expect y'all just quit coming to God's house. I'm going to expect y'all quit gathering. It's going to be too important for the will, will and the work of God for you to come to my house and to worship me and honor me. I never seen that scripture. What I seen was that if I'm a dead man, it doesn't matter. Dead men don't sting, cry, or whine, or complain about the conditions. They just go on doing what God would have them to do. Amen. I'm going to ask you: You got any places that are still stinging in your life? Some places that still hurt when somebody. Uh, jabs you just a little bit and you you start taking your your stats and you start thinking about how important this is to you and what you had to do to get it. And I'd like to say to you that that truth, truth will set you free. Yeah. That the truth of the matter is whatever you've got, God gave it to you. He can take it at any time and, and bless God. Just like Joe, I asked a, I asked a 
fellow one time about Job. I said, do you think Job received double for his trouble? And he said, no, nah, man, he only had X amount of kids. I said, well, you know what I found out? That those that are in God never die. And so Job doubled his children. His children were still alive in heaven, and he got a whole new flock of them. Amen. And they still Job's kids. And I found out that what Job got for his trouble was double. It was a double blessing. He got to start his life all up. Hey, maybe he did better the second round. Amen. Maybe things got so much better with the next round. Bless God, the others were sitting up in heaven saying, boy, he's really learned a lot. I don't know. I'm just letting my mind wander there a minute. God can restore. I mean, you can read it in Micah. Is it Micah where he talks about how the locusts came and how God restored all? Is that where it's at, Matthew? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he said, rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Beareth all things. You see, that gets to be a problem. Bearing all things. What do we do when we get uncomfortable? We run. Right? We got natural natural defenses that kick in, right? Oh, this this can't be godly. I, I gotta quit. I gotta stop. Are you sure? Are you sure God didn't put this situation to find out what's in your heart? I know the Bible says God does not tempt a man. Amen. But let's find out if you're walking in faith. Let's find out if what you truly say you are, born again, right? Born from above, a new creature in Christ Jesus, amen? Let's find out that in this situation, if you can bear all things. Trouble, tribulation, strife, failure, sickness, disease, right? Isn't that what the whole world's full of, right? We, we, we don't, I'm going to give you an example real quick. Do you think David had trials, tribulations, failures, disappointments? Did David go into the house of God and say, God, I'm just so tired of you messing with me. I'm just so tired of all this trouble. No. He put that off. And he put on what kind of garment? A garment of praise. And he stepped into the house of the Lord. And he proclaimed God's goodness. And he lifted up God's greatness. And he, pro- and he kept revealing and speaking and prophesying of God's greatness and of God's mercy and of God's holiness. And he never quit. It didn't matter what went wrong. It didn't matter what broke. It didn't matter what David did wrong. He just kept putting on that garment. Amen. He knew God was great. He kept praising them. He kept worshiping them. He kept lifting them up. And he and, and then he instructed everyone around him to do the same thing. Ain't that what the preacher's been doing? He's been trying to get us to put on a garment of praise. You might, y'all might be bored with this, but I find it absolutely astonishing that we are living in a state, we are living in the most important time of our life. Right now, that we can make a difference in this world right now. And yet, we're acting like God's dead. 
And I want to remind you tonight that my God's not dead. I want to remind you tonight that He is seated on the right hand of God the Father and He's still making intercession for you. He's still making intercession for me. He's still got that blood available for any sinner. You can still ring the bells of glory and see God move. And you let me tell you what. Charity never fails. Love never fails. Whether it be prophecies, they're going to fail. Whether it be tongues, they're going to cease. Whether it be knowledge, it'll vanish away. Now let's go over into 2 Corinthians. This is our Sunday school lesson this coming week. Chapter 6. I thought, wow. Man, that's spot on, Jerry. That's just... That's just line on line, precept on precept. Amen. It says that. In verse 1, we then as workers together with him. Do you realize that? You're a worker together with the Lord. I mean, don't argue with me about it. Take it up with the one who wrote this. We workers together with him. He's working with us. In other words, he's allowing for your blemishes. He's allowing for them things. As a matter of fact, he ain't worried about it. Because when he's when he's in control, the ship's gonna go in the right direction. He said, He said, Beseech you also that you receive not grace of God in vain. Have you received the grace of God in vain? Or, or does it matter? You see, if it matters, you see, if you received it in vain, it's it's what? It's nothing. But if if you've received it with thanksgiving, amen, it's, it, it's mindful. It's on the it's on the frontals of your mind. All the time. You're 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 reminded, you're thinking, you're you're contemplating, you're you are thinking on things that are above. You are meditating on the word of God. You are believing that his word is mighty and powerful, and that when he breathed on them in the upper room, something happened. It became life, it became living, it wasn't just logos, it became that living word, and it changed them. Did it change you? Or did you receive it in vain? Ooh. He said, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and I'm going to tell you right now, today is the acceptable time. And in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You can say that. He's working with you. You go tell your friend, you can be saved today. You get lost, you can get saved today. Amen. And, and, and maybe, maybe you'll plant that word. What's it mean to be lost? Yeah. Right? Right? They, they start, they start, whoa, wait a minute. I can get lost. And you know, we can, we can look at the, I, I was listening to this. this guy, I'm going to try to squeeze this in real quick, this rabbit. You know, there was a woman who lost a coin. That, those are people that are lost because of somebody else. But then there was the prodigal son who was lost. He did that on his own, right? Because he started out a believer. Amen. And then there was the lost sheep that just wandered away haphazardly. Got, got, 
indifferent with, with the shepherd. Amen. It, it wasn't a shepherd's will and it wasn't its will, but it just wandered out there lost. Amen. But the good news was that the good shepherd went looking for it. Amen. The good shepherd found it. Amen. And, and, we, can, and we can say the good shepherd's looking tonight. Amen. Because... Because just like the prodigal, even though that, that boy wandered away on his own, on his own accord, right? I'm sure the dad said, you don't have to do this. This thing ain't over yet. And the boy said, I got to do this. Amen. And, but yet we know that the prodigal's daddy went out there. He was looking. He was waiting. He was searching for him. Amen. And that's how God is today. Amen. Over, over maybe all those that used to sit amongst us, he's looking for them. Maybe you need to remind him he's still looking for you. He's waiting for you to come back, amen? And most of them sitting out there thinking it's okay, that they're all right. And some of them's like that lost sheep, amen? They just haphazardly wandered out of the fold of the sheep of the shepherd and, and now they're out there and they're not even thinking about it. Maybe you need to remind them. Dangerous place. Very dangerous. The only thing that lies out there is death. He said... Given, verse 3, given no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things of proving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience and affliction. Listen to this. In afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. Does this sound like your life? Now I understand we don't have stripes and imprisonment, but we have turmoils, labels, watchings, and fastings. And I'd like to remind you tonight that by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, this is how you accomplish this. You do this by pureness, by knowledge. What knowledge? Knowledge of the world? No, sir. Knowledge of the will of God that God loves you. By the Holy Ghost. By love. Don't stir you up tonight. Amen. Stir you up tonight. I want you thinking about his love. I want you basking in his love. Amen. I, I don't want you just coming into the house of God and say, well, I was in his presence. No, I don't want you to be in his I want you to get in his will. Amen. There's a lot of people that come in. I love that Old Testament. Matthew's heard me preach it time and time again in the Old Testament how, how when the, the, the patriarch, he had all them kids, but he only had one that was by birth. And they came in and a whole bunch of them got gifts and they went away, but there was one and he got the blessing. I want you to be the one that comes in and gets the blessing. Amen. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I want you to get the blessing. Amen. I want you to walk away, not with just a gift, going out the door saying, boy, wasn't that nice. I was in the presence of God. No, I want you to go out saying, I got God inside of me. He's so big. Amen. The Holy Ghost, if you go about you start loving people with an unfeeling love. Amen. Something that just blows their mind. Something that takes their normal and just destroys it and breaks it down and all the false foundations that they're walking on become little crumbly places that they can no longer depend on and you can tell them about God's love with, with a desperation with a conviction because this thing's winding up y'all 
Bad things are coming around. Ain't going to get better. You say, well, your prophecy may not end, boy. I don't care what you think about it or not. The world ain't never got no better. It ain't never got fixed. Doesn't matter how much man tweaks it and pours concrete on it and plants what they think is good and, and gets in there scientifically changing everything till, till everybody's got cancer, till everybody's got a sickness, till everybody's got a disease that nobody can explain. You see, the only thing, just like y'all said earlier when we was praying, the only thing that can help him scientists is if God gets involved in their calculations. Is if God gets involved in their in their just dissecting of what's wrong with America, what's wrong with the society all over this world, until God gets involved, until they say, God, we, we can't go any further. We need to know what to do. It's gonna get worse. It's going to get worse. And I, and I think it's going to get to where man's going to start crying out for God. And God's going to turn his back on him. He's going to send his wrath. He's going to send everything they sowed. He's going to send everything that they worked for. And he's going to give them just exactly what they cried for. But I want you to give them what they need. A love unfeigned. A love that's not dictated to you by how they treat you, but a love that's, that comes to you because God's been so good to you that, that no matter what comes your You see, until we get to the place of we're not giving an offense, where it ain't stinging no more, to where we're so dead to the world that, that what the world had to give us, what the world was bargaining with our, our curiosity and with with our desire and with our lust and with our pride and all the things that the world builds till those things are no longer of any value to us. But that the souls of men are saved. But that there's an outpouring of the Spirit of God every time that we open our mouth and say the word Jesus. That devils, devils cry out. You say, I, I don't think we can get there. I, I, think you, I think you're fooling yourself. I think my God, being if the, the one who spoke the world in, into existence lives inside of you. He put every star in the sky. He, he created universes and, and he made the ant be an ant. He made trees be trees. And he called you from darkness to light. And he filled you with the knowledge of the excellency of the knowledge of God. I don't believe that there's anything that God won't do and can't do for you. I believe right now he's waiting for you. You're not waiting for him. But I believe there, there's going to be some things that we got to do. I think that we're going to have to be patient. And we're going to have to do it through the turmoil of this world. You see, it's the journey. The journey gets harder. Doesn't get easier. I used to I used to go get new jobs and new tasks, you know, and you do it fifty times and then you can do it without thinking, right? You'll never be in the will of God without thinking. You'll never be in the will of God without a strain going on your body. A strain going on your spirit, man. A strain going on what you're doing. Am I doing this right, God? The moment we think I got this, I've done this a hundred times. 
This is the way this is always going to go down. You see, what we've done is we left God in the back seat. And the will of God is just not going to happen. And we're standing in the way. I mean, do you want to be on the path that leads to life everlasting? Where God can use you as an instrument of righteousness. Ready and prepared for every opportunity to share the gospel. To share God's love. That's all we've been ordained to do. Is to bring glory unto God. Lift him up. Praise his name. And bring him to others. Present your case of Christ. stripes, imprisonment, turmoils, and labels, and watchings, and fastings, fastings by pureness, by knowledge, and long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, and listen to this, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. That's full, full gamut, Matthew. That's full gamut. That's the whole thing, right? He said, by honor and dishonor. See, that's the part she's talking about. There's going to be some things you don't look so honorable about. I know I don't. I'm okay with that. I've had to come to terms with that. There's some evil reporting going on out there and some good reporting as deceivers, as liars, but yet true. You see, that's what matters. You ever heard somebody tell a lie? And you just kept your mouth shut. And you said, you wait till the end of this one. You see the end of it? And what happened? The truth came out. As unknown and yet well known as dying, and behold, we live as chastened and not healed. As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. This is a hard spot because the next part of this chapter, a lot of people say, don't you touch that unclean thing. Don't you go out there with them sinners. Brother JT was telling me about some preacher the other day told his congregation that if they go out there and, and mingle with the lost that they're not right with God. And I thought, how can you not mingle with the lost? How are you going to tell about Jesus? How, how is Holy Ghost conviction going to get on them unless you go out... Jesus sat with wine bibbers, with the with the harlots, with the undesirables. He he was he spent his time with them, and guess what happened? They got converted, and the rest of them kept their stuff. So I ask you tonight. We'll go to John fifteen, and and just you know I love that I love John fifteen because. You know, he said, I'm the vine. I'm the true vine. I love that. He's telling us to love one another. What would the church look like if we loved one another? Let me go back to my original statement. What would it look like? Now, I'm going to close with this. You love your mom, your dad, your wife, your children, right? You love them. 
You wouldn't let nobody mess with him. Right? You'd fight for him. You, you would, you'd pull the gun out. You'd, you would call the law. You'd do whatever was necessary. But do you fight for your neighbor like that? I'm going to tell you that the church has got to get in a different state of being. I'm not asking you to put yourself in harm's way, though you may be, have to do that. But I'm asking you to examine your love. Because I, I got a feeling we've got a set of standards. No standards are based on what we know to be good and bad. And what did Jesus say about good and bad? Y'all bad. Ain't none of you good. Now, if you don't love the unlovable, who's going to love them? If you don't, I, I understand Jeff came in here and he had a valid point, silver and gold, I have none, but that which I freely give in the name of Jesus Christ. He's saying, quit catering to, to the broken, undone, lazy, despicable, dirty dogs of the world and let God help them. And he had a valid point, and the valid point is unmerited grace. Unmerited grace hinders the will of God for them to get so broke that the only thing they can do is call on God. But I'm not so sure I'm smart enough to judge between who needs that and who don't. I'm not sure that I, I, I can get in the right state of mind unless God points it out just directly. Hey, push the green button, dummy. I think that I've just been asked just to do these things that we just read about. Just to love them with an unfeigned love, bringing no marks against the ministry. I'm tired of hearing about, well, this church did this and that church. Listen, that church, that dude, that God doesn't speak for my God. My God loves. My God helps. My God wants them. Amen. The one thing that got me out of hell was the fact that I realized when God spoke to me that He loved me and I ain't never been. You see, oh, here we go. One more. Had this guy on Facebook had the audacity of saying that I had my own gospel. <laughs> I kid you not. He said the gospel according to Steve Howard. I thought, Steve Howard ain't got no gospel. Your problem is with the scripture. It's with the God who wrote it. And you've got a problem with him. It ain't nothing I did. You need Jesus. Amen. Y'all, how many of you really want to see revival? Outpouring of God. How many of you really want... God to move in your life. You want them in your home. You want them on the job. You want them in America. There's been talk on Facebook, on YouTube, about an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I keep hearing this getting powerful. So I want you to be ready. Because you know what? God's going to do what he wants to with or without you. That's the scary part. He's going to do it with or without you. And I, I want to be in the center of his will. Amen. And the problem with that is 
It may cost me something <laughs> that I fight for. Let's get a song. It, it, may, it may challenge me with things and areas in my life that I never even thought. But I want them out of the way. I want them out of the way because, because I know I can't handle it. Because I'm carnal. In the carnal state of my flesh, if I continue fighting for the flesh, what's it say? Sow to the flesh, reap to the flesh. I want to sow the spirit. I want to sow the spirit. Your pastor wants to sow. You know he does. Probably nobody in here any more desperate or any more trying or any more willing or praying. But what if we all got that way? What if we all got to the place John 15, verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Had a person on the internet said, Do you love me? And I said, I'm commanded by God to love you. They didn't know what to do. That's the end of the conversation. <laughs> that was it. You love me. I'm commanded by God to love you. I, I love you. You know, they didn't expect me to even say it. They figured I'd... Come out with some worldly garbage, right? But what I found out was when you speak the truth, you see it, it flips. They'll flip them. Turns on the light where there was only darkness. He said, greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. The greatest love is that you lay down your life for your brother. And I wonder tonight, would you do that? Would you do it for Tommy? Would you do it for your husband? Would you do it for your wife? Would you do it for your kids? And I'm going to ask you the question, the hard question. You ready? Would you do it for Jesus? Would you lay down your life for Jesus? Because when I told Tommy, I said, this is the message I got. What would it look like if we loved one another? He said, it looked like Jesus loved you. So when the world, they don't see you loving them, but they see Jesus loving them through you. It's going to be effective. Would you agree? That that will be effective? So can we pray that tonight? Maybe maybe you, you're good. You're, you've not been sinning a whole lot today and... You're you're pretty free, right? No, I feel good when I don't sin bad. You know, I said sin bad. So if you're feeling all fresh and good and godly and holy, and the, and the word holy, you may not know this, but it just means set apart. There was there was instruments in the house of God, a table. It was holy unto God. Why? Because it was set apart for God. The drink, the, the, the cup holders that they used at Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, it was holy and set apart for God. It wasn't intended for the world to use. It wasn't intended to get drunk on. It wasn't intended to have a worldly party on. You see, being holy just means set apart. Are you set apart for God? Didn't mean it was right. Didn't mean it was good. It didn't mean it was anything other than set apart, set apart for God. So will you set yourself apart for God? 
that he can fill it up with that new wine. That manna that we sang about. That you've got something to fill the cups of them that are not set apart. You see, it's when they feel that presence. JT, was it a feeling that got a hold of you? Was it a feeling that said, I ain't going back there, I don't like that place. There's something in there, it's scary. But then that feeling started doing something inside the heart. Man, it just took one dose for me. It was done. He said, do you hear me? I said, yes. It was over. My, my, my birth was not 18 hours. It didn't take a lot of truck. It was, bam. Whoop, new creature. Didn't even know what happened to me, but I knew I, knew, I was a new man. Eight, nine years old, Larry. I wish, I wish somebody was there. Because it was great. It was great. You want to pray tonight? You want to pray to get your cup filled? You want to pray for unfeigned love? You want to pray to go out in the world and turn it upside down? There was, there was just a few disciples that turned the world upside down. There's twice as many in here. And I'd like to see us turn the world upside down. I'd like for you to walk into, into the hardware store, JT, and they say, what is that about you? Hey, man, I'd like for y'all to go to your jobs or go, go home tonight and, and everybody there say, what have you been exposed to? There's something different about you. There's only one way to get that. Patience. Fasting. I'd like to say discipline, but then you almost act like I'm giving you a formula, a one, two, three step. But truly, the key is repentance and faith in Christ. Plain and simple. I need to repent tonight. I need Him. In every area and aspect of my life, I'm going to pray as they say. And I would advise you, if you you raised your hand, I want God either pray right where you're at and I mean pray I ain't gonna look at you but God's looking in your heart right now he sees he sees if you're into this thing or if you're just sitting here and the presence of God has come to you tonight and you enjoyed it you're gonna go back out there with your gift boy it's good to be in God's house or that you've just now become a wedding. See, I want to be a wedding. I want to slay darkness. And it's power. And it's will. I want to oppose it. I want to appeal to God tonight for you and me and the church and the body of Christ that He empowers us with the patience to seek His will and faith. That's it. I'm done.